Hello, 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 and welcome back to the Comments of Podcast, where we talk about your favorite movies, music, TV shows, and more. I'm Tori. I'm Mary. I'm Nia. And I'm DeCoria. And ladies and gentlemen, we are wrapping up Disney Week with the 21st animated Disney film, uh, Robin Hood. So welcome back to Deconstruction Disney, where we take a deep dive into making origin lasting impact of Disney films. Um... We are on a rolly, rolly, roll. Uh, just heads up, moving forward as schedules have shifted and changed a little bit. Mini episodes will now be released on Thursday and full episodes on Sunday. Make sure you follow us on TikTok, Twitter, and Discord so you keep up with that information. We'll also be sending out a survey um, this Sunday um, via Twitter and TikTok um, about a K-drama dry spell episode. Um, this one is specifically going to be for K-dramas just because we think there's something kind of unique happening in that space so um it's all anonymous so make sure you participate we would love to hear your thoughts and uh why there's a dry spell going on for us seems to be the community um with that being said i hope you're keeping hydrated and warm as we roll right into winter uh and let's just jump right in nia oh yeah nia um is this your first time watching robin hood it actually is I had not seen this before. What about you, Mary? Yes, this is my first time watching it as well. Whoa, I am truly a Disney child. Okay, <laughs> what about you, Corey? <laughs> um, I've I know I've seen it because I remembered some parts of the movie, but I just don't remember watching it. Oh, okay, okay. Um, I'm most likely seventy, maybe eighty-five percent sure I have this VHS downstairs. Um, I've definitely seen it multiple times. Do I ever remember the plot? No. Do I remember the characters? Yes. Um, so, uh, Robin Hood is a 1973 American animated musical comedy produced by Walt Disney Productions based on the English folktale of the same name with characters reimagined as anthropomorphic animals produced by Wolfgang Redman. It's the 21st Disney animated feature film. Um, the first entirely post-Walt animated feature film. The story follows the adventures of Robin Hood, Little John, and the heavens in the inhabitants of Nottingham. Um, story was by Larry Clements, Ken Andrews, and a bunch of other people. Produced by Wolfgang Redman, directed by Wolfgang Redman, starring Peter Ustinoff, Phil Harris, Brian Bedford, Terry Thomas, Roger Miller, Pat Butram, um, George Lindsay and Annie Devine. Uh, music by John George Burns. Uh, it's 83 minutes. Budget, $5 million. Box office, $33 million. Uh, so, shall we just go ahead and uh, jump right in? We are met with a, well, first of all, let me make sure I saw this right. Because I was looking at this and I said, I know these bitches didn't. <laughs> Let me. Um, yes. <laughs> I don't know. I'm going to Google this just to make sure. But if you paid attention <laughs> to the opening credits where they name all the characters. Mm-hmm. Oh, are you fucking for real? I never knew that. I was so confused. Okay, so they name all the characters. They like Robin Hood, uh, Fox, voiced by whatever. And it says Maid Marion, a vixen. And I was like, a vixen? That's rude. A vixen is literally the name for a female fox. Are you kidding me? (laughs) 
I did not know that. <laughs> I've only heard it being used against women, and that's most likely misogyny. Well, the more you know. So, we are brought into the story by our narrator, Alan A. Dow, who is played by Roger Miller. He's a minstrel. You don't see me quoting around that. Who serves as the narrator of the film. Um, and he, you know, sings and guides us through the story all the time. But basically, he's telling us that um, right now there is a prince in charge. And, you know, there's a hero in Nottingham and Sherwood Forest um, who steals from the rich and gives to the poor. And that is Mr. Robin Hood himself. We begin our story with, like, most... I feel like... Maybe I watched too many historicals. But I feel like a lot of historicals that are based off of, like, medieval times or around this time, somebody's getting jacked. Bandit death free is going on. <laughs> and this story is no different. We, um, we get the first uh, song of the movie as Alan... Adele sings the tune about Robin Hood and Little John walking through the forest. Um, Udalele. <laughs> um, Robin from the rich to give it to the poor from the overtaxed town folks of Nottingham. We get to see Robin Hood, who was a fox, and 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 Little John, who is a giant bear, um, who were uh, being pursued by the sheriff of Nottingham, who tries to catch them, but once again is failed as the two men run off into Sherwood Forest. Um, you know. A boy, Little John, is just like, you know what, Robin? I think you're taking a little too many chances. Get a little brave. Get a little bold. And Robin was like, um, well, you know, that's kind of my job. Uh, you know, even if the sheriff has his whole posse, they're not going to catch us. And as they're chit-chatting in this tree, they um, hear the sound of a parade coming through. And they look at it, and at first, we're like, ooh, who is this people with this um, galley of armed rhinos and elephants blowing trumpets? Find out that it's Prince uh, John, which is interesting, because why is... I just realized that they both had the same name. Prince John, Little John? Y'all couldn't think of something different? Okay. And the fact that they called him Little John took me <laughs> out of the out of the. I was just thinking like Yin Yang Twins, <laughs> Get Little John, the East Side Boys. <laughs> I was just like, this is. I know this is not <laughs> the same time, but I wish they would have changed it in retrospect, <laughs> like in the edited version. <laughs> Let's oh name God. him just John. <laughs> so, we zoom in as Prince John is gaily, happily, and the fact that he has robbed from the poor to give to the rich him and his squire sir his um talk about how they successfully hypnotized prince john's brother king richard to go fight in the third crusade allowing prince john to take over as a de facto king um we get to see that prince john is very much immature sucks his thumb wants his mummy he's greedy he's been robbing people and he's on his way to nottingham to take the people more uh, to rob the people more of their hard-earned um, farthings. So, as this parade for the de facto king rolls into town, Little John and uh, Robin are like, we scored the jackpot. At first, Little John is like, oh, it's just a parade. It's just a circus. 
And Robin is like, uh, um, excuse me, that is the royal carriage. That is Prince John. We struck gold. And little John at first was just like, um, excuse me, there's a rule about robbing from royalty. I'll see you later. But Robin Hood is like, look, we're going to take this. It's going to be easy. So the two men disguise themselves as women and um, get the carriage to pull over as pretending to be fortune tellers. Prince John is oh so very flattered at the fortune tellers to tell him, oh my God, you look so handsome. You're so, you're so charming. They kiss his hand. They steal his jewels. Of course, Sir His, the snake, um, sees all of this. He tries to warn Prince John, but Prince John will hear none of it. He is so ever charmed by Robin Hood, who is pretending to be a fortune-telling woman. Um, they lure him into the cabin and use a uh, glass bowl full of fireflies to trick him into thinking that the spirits have come and talked to him. And so while that's happening, um, Little John is out here snatching people's hubcaps. <laughs> I was just like, well, you know, gold is gold. Get it where you can. And so, um, Sir Hiss is put in the basket so he doesn't interrupt Prince John's fortune-telling reading. Um, and even though he's in the basket, he does try to stop Robin from stealing all the gold and all that good stuff. And, um, Little John also ends up taking all of the money out of their chest that four guards were holding. I was just like, y'all security is ass! Um... But anyway, after charming all of the money off of um Prince John, of course, Robin and Little John get spotted after clashing into each other and spilling coins all over the place, and they run off into Sherwood Forest. Even though the Prince John tries to go after them because his hubcaps are gone, um, his carriage falls apart and he breaks his mother's mirror and he's crying in the mud like a two-year-old. Um, we get another little introduction from Alan Dale that says that there's a reward out for Robin Hood. Um, and we get to see Nottingham and the Sheriff of Nottingham, who is a big bad wolf who goes around and steals money from people who have um, broken legs. He follows Friar... Friar Tuck. As he hands out money that Robin has given him to give to the poor... He tries to handle it. Um, of course, Fry Tuck comes in and takes it. But is that enough stealing from the poor today? No. He goes to the rabbit's house where they're having a birthday party for one of their children and then takes the child's birthday gift, which is one farthing. It's one coin. And he takes it as taxes and walks off like he's done something great. As he's walking out, a um, blind man asking for alms comes in and he then takes the blind man's alms as well. We learn that the blind man is not a blind man, but it's Robin Hood who has come to give um, his sh- their share of the loot to the rabbit family. And, he, well, yeah, he gives a share of the loot to the rabbit family. He also gives the little boy, um, the little rabbit. Does the rabbit have a name? I don't think he does. Um, he gives the rabbit an arrow and his hat, and he goes on to practice to become Robin Hood. Now, kids are going to be kids that be kids and be kidding. And so after Robin leaves, the kids go out and play, right? So we have a turtle and the rabbit siblings, and they're playing, and um, our birthday boy is super duper happy. 
because he got this arrow in his hat. And so his sister's like, um, you're pointing that arrow entirely too high. He's like, I got it. Cause little brothers never listen to their older sisters. Um, but of course he shoots the arrow too high and it lands in Prince John's backyard. And so they're terrified because they heard that if you mess with Prince John, he'll cut your head off. We don't want him to cut our heads off, but he's like, I gotta go get my arrow. So the little boy goes to get his arrow, and that's where we get to meet Maid Marion and Lady Cluck, who are playing badminton. Um, they see the little boy, and though he's terrified, the two ladies welcome in the children, and they play around. Um, and we find out that Maid Marion and Robin Hood were in love, and Maid Marion, a fox, is somehow King Richard's daughter? Question mark, question mark? <laughs> but, um, whatever. Uh, they play around with the kids. They pretend to be Robin Hood, who is saving Maid Arian from the evil um Prince John. And so it's really fun. And Lady Cluck asks Maid Marian, does she think that Robin Hood still remembers her? And she's like, "Oh, I don't know. Will I ever get to see him again?" And just in time, um. We go back to Robin Hood and Little John who are in their hideout in the woods. Um, Robin Hood is burning their food on the stove because he's thinking about Maid Marian. And Little John is like, you should just go and marry her. He's like, you just don't go up to a lady and hand her a bouquet and ask her to marry you. That's not how it works. She doesn't even remember me. And so they're having this chit chatty chat chat when we find out when Fire Tuck comes and... um tells us there's going to be a big to-do in Nottingham. Prince John is holding a archery contest, and the winner gets a kiss from Maid Marian. And so, of course, Robin's like, uh, oh, I have to go. And so, we find we are brought into the archery tournament. We find out that this is a trap laid by Prince John and Lord Hiss. They're looking for Robin, and they're using the archery contest and Maid Marian as bait. Um, we see that Robin Hood has disguised himself as a stork very well, actually, as a stork who is in the contest. And little John has disguised himself as some rich kind of duke who's going to distract the king. As this is happening, Lord Hiss gets dismissed because little John is so flattering to Prince John. And flattery works best on this very narcissistic um de facto king and he flatters him enough that it sends lord hiss away but lord hiss sticks his head a balloon and somehow becomes a drone basically as he's looking over the grounds looking for robin hood and so even though robin Hood's disguise is great his skills as a archer cannot be hide he um before doing the archery tournament he did walk up to marion and they looked in each other's eyes and she knew it was him but of course as one of the best archers in England. It's very obvious that the stork is um is Robin Hood and no matter how hard people try to uh cheat to win the competition, like the sheriff, um skills, time invested can never be uh debunked or thrown on track. And so, of course, Robin Hood wins. And as Robin Hood wins, the guards surround him. They're like, arrest him, hang him. And then 
little John behind the curtain behind Prince John puts a knife to his back. Prince um Prince John tells everybody to let him go. Um and then utter chaos ensues as um our gang tries to get away from Prince John and all his hooligans. There's like this very interesting point of view as Lady Cluck is taking down people like she's on a football team. <laughs> Which is a very interesting. But um everybody's like down with the phony king, long live Prince Richard, middle fingers up to Prince John. And of course our people get away. We give a we get a lovely um date night scene between Marion and Robin Hood where they don't say anything. They just look deeply in each other's eyes. And then everyone gets together and they sing about how phony the King of England is and how his name is going to go down to history as a villain. And so the song gets back to the palace and we find out that Prince John is like, I've had enough. We are now taxing everybody two and three times the rate that we were before. And so even if you can't pay, your ass is going to jail. And that's exactly what happens. Uh, they overtax Nottingham and the rest of England. And everybody's put in jail. And everybody's super sad. Um, and, you know, even though the friar and the ministers are at church, they're ringing the bells. But nobody's coming because what? Everybody's in jail. And so for, um, the sheriff goes to Friar Tuck, steals a farthing out of the box, the donation box for the poor. Um, Friar Tuck is headed up to here with this stupid wolf and gets arrested for, I guess, assault against an officer. And Prince John is like, yes, we are going to trap Robin Hood by hanging Friar Tuck. And Lord Hiss is like, you're going to hang a man at the church? I don't think it's a good idea. Um, but he's like, it's whatever. I want Robin Hood more than anybody. And so they set up this trap. Um, Robin Hood is once again disguised as a blind man searching for alms. He finds out that Friar Tuck is going to get hanged. Him and Little John take out the guards, get inside, get everybody free. While Little John is doing that, Robin Hood goes to Prince John's room and transports all the money from his tower to the tower where um everyone is being jailed and just as he takes in the last bag lord hiss wakes up alerting our enemies more chaos ensues as we are able to get everybody and most of the money out of the palace but one of the little bunny rabbits the smallest one gets left behind robin hood goes back for her um he's able to give the child to little john but then he's chased around the palace the sheriff dumbass is charged to hit Robin Hood with a flaming torch ends up setting a whole tower on fire. Robin Hood is chased up to the top of the the up to the top of the tower by the flames, and ends up jumping off into the water. Little John and our birthday bunny boy are watching him, and they're scared. They're afraid that he's met his end, but Robin Hood is not easily killed. He uses a reed to breathe through water and is saved. And just like that. King Richard returns back from his crusades. Prince John, Lord Hiss, and the evil sheriff are punished to, you know, do hard labor, I guess, for the rest of their lives. And now King Richard has an outlaw as an in-law as Robin Hood and Lady Marion get married to go have a honeymoon in Spain and England and many, many children. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is the end of Robin Hood 19. 
73. Thoughts? Uh, Marin. Um, if Bambi didn't exist, this would be the most boring Disney movie out there. <laughs> really? <laughs> oh my god, was I bored? Um, I don't know. I felt like I've already seen Robin Hood's stories before, and seeing it told through not, I guess, the exact Robin Hood story, but something similar told through animals was not entertaining for me. So hmm. <laughs> that's my review. Very valid. Corey, thoughts? Ooh, okay. <laughs> I agree with what Marin, what Marin said about how it being told through animals was like kind of like the least entertaining adaptation of the Robin Hood story. I still thought it was interesting, though. It's not like the worst Disney movie we've ever seen, but it's definitely like in the bottom ranks. <laughs> Nia, thoughts? I'm shocked. I actually like this better than I expected because... I guess for the last couple of Disney movies, like the Aristocats, I was very tired and bored. This one, I was like, okay, things are moving a little quicker. So I I was, I'm shocked. <laughs> I liked it though. I didn't hate it. it. Wasn't top five, but I was like, okay, okay. Like this is something that's not like Aristocats slash 101 Dalmatians. <laughs> it's not the same story repeated over and over again. Um, yes, I do think that uh this is an interesting interesting film i think the short stories all combined in one story is a great way to get kids to actually watch something for an hour (laughs) are they gonna sit down and consume the entire film no but they can look away um once again i do love this era of animation so i completely completely adored how this look um, looked so I, I guess this is also probably one of the first Robin Hood tellings I've heard of so I kind of think fondly of it but I enjoyed it I thought that um, this is one of the most interesting voice castings even though almost nobody sounded like they were from England <laughs> <laughs> everybody was giving northern New York <laughs> every time the chief talked I busted out laughing that man <laughs> But other than that, I think this is a very interesting um, way to get kids interested in old tales. So, let's jump right into interesting production facts. Of course, we have a mental floss article by our girl Stacey Conrad, and then a mouse planet article from 2009 by Wade Sampson, and also Wikipedia. So, Disney had been considering making a movie about Renard the Fox since at least the 1930s, so this idea in some form had been in place since Disney was alive. And despite the mixed reviews from critics and fans alike, Robin Hood ended up doing very well at the box office, taking in $9.5 million at the time. It was Disney's biggest box office total to date. Um, That's insane to me. So, um, in 1950, Disney has, uh, for Treasure Island, Disney seriously considered three animated sections, each of... One for the Reynolds tales to be told by Long John Silver to Jim Hawkins as moral fables. Ultimately, the idea was nixed as Treasure Island became the studio's first fully live-action film. In the next decade, the studio decided to make Renard the villain of a musical feature film based on Edmunds Rostin's Chan to Salier, which we talked about when we talked about The Sword of the Stone. Um, it's also interesting because they were also 
going to do um oh you know what i think i have that fact if it's not here i'll talk about it okay so what makes robin hood innovative as a milestone is one of the major inspirations of the official birth of the furry fandom around 1980 um in the film, art director Ken Anderson created characters whose bodies looked and moved like human manners, but were covered in fur and feathers, but with an animal head. It was the only Disney animated feature up to that point that had no human characters at all, so it was like its own universe. And it clicked with people, even though anamorphic animals have been part of storytelling for centuries. Um, in addition to feeling around the studio, was the uh, when they were making the story, they were thinking when they first started it, they were like, well, the audience wouldn't be interested in the chicken, and that's why they cut Chan to Slayer. Um, Disney pre-released a 32-page book in 1991 titled Chan to Slayer, though, and the Fox featuring the concept sketches by Mark Davis in a shortened version of the story told by Fools and Roberts. Davis later utilized some of his character sketches for Chan to Slayer and creating animals for the Disneyland audio animatronics attraction America Sings. Um, while Anderson hoped to develop all the character in Robin's band of merry men, director Redman saw the film as more of a buddy picture in the spirit of another pair of outlaws like Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. So many interesting characters and moments were tossed to the side when you look at the original movie. The final story for the film was written by Larry Clemens, who started his career at Disney as an assistant for War Kimball and eventually worked his way into doing story work. Um, during the Disney strike, though, he was let go, but he returned to the studios in 1954 to write the original Mickey Mouse Club and Disneyland television shows. Um, Clemens was the principal writer for Disney animated films in the 1960s and 70s. He contributed to Jungle Book, The Aristocrats, Robin Hood, The Rescuers, and The Fox and the Hound. Unlike other storymen, he wrote out the script with a dialogue, and then it was storyboarded by others. Hmm. Um, as production went further along, Robin Ireland stated that his book, that in his book Walt Disney in, in Europe, that Ken Anderson wept when he saw how his character concepts had been processed into stereotypes for the animation of Robin Hood. Um, because of the time spent on developing several settings and auditioning actors to voice the title and characters, production fell behind schedule. So the dance sequences and the phony King of England um were like made from bits and pieces of snow white and seven doors this was achieved by an animation technique called rotoscoping where animators trace over the frames of old footage to use it as a different um original grim story environment uh ken anderson first conceived fire tuck as a pig but then decided the church might take that particular deception as a slight he decided that the church Oh, oh, he's not the only character that got switched. The sheriff of Nottingham was supposed to be a goat, but changed to a wolf to seem more villainous. Near the end of the movie, Robin, um, it ain't in the another version of the ending, Robin is actually struck by an arrow and whisked off to the safety of a church. Um, Prince John finds his hideout and is about to kill both Robin and Maid Marian when King Richard bursts in back from the Crusades. So another fact that I saw is that they, I think it was Anderson who originally wanted this movie. <laughs> Let me double check. He originally wanted this movie to be um, based in the South. Like some huh? of the South. <laughs> oh yeah. Because well, he, that kind of makes sense. Yeah. yeah I remember no, go ahead, something that said that he, he enjoyed um, 
what is it called drawing or animating for song of the south yep however the executives were wary for the reputation of song of the south it's also mentioned in this article on mouse planet that they were interested in brother bear which is a african-american folklore and god which is why song of the south got made in the first fucking place (laughs) which is also interesting because how are you interested in african-american legends and then make one of the most racist disney movies today like it's not even available (laughs) like like they they banned it like they won't even like and you what okay that one that makes sense as to why there's like a country song in the beginning of the of the movie mm-hmm. because it's kind of like a country folk song and I'm like okay but like <laughs> that sentence that he said he enjoyed working on Song of the South and canceled and this is no longer a good movie <laughs> <laughs> um my last fact I think we'll just talk about the cast real quick the guy who plays Little John is Phil Harris. Phil Harris is also the man, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, it's him. Who plays Blue. And yep. the cat. Tell me why it's the same character. <laughs> it's the same voice, same character. I hope this is the last project we have to see. <laughs> there were scenes from this cut from the Jungle Book. <laughs> right? <laughs> okay. Um... I am done. Let's jump into music. Uh, actually, no. Let's jump into similar story. Origi- let's jump into origins with Marin. Okay. So my um, sources are an, an histor- a historian goes to the movies exploring history on the screen. And from SlashFilm.com, Disney's Robin Hood started as a different, darker movie. Um, so Disney's 1973 Robin Hood animation is a kind of retelling of the well-known character from English folk folklore. Walt Disney had wanted to adapt the tale of a wily fox who battles a corrupt medieval king as an animated movie all the way back during the making of his first full-length feature, Snow White and the Seven Dwarfs, in 1937. Only Disney hadn't originally planned on making Robin Hood the way we know it today, but rather the tale of Renner runner to the fox the runner stories presents uh him as a trickster figure in the roman day renard which is like a french dutch german folklore um mm-hmm. runner the fox is summoned to the court of a cruel lion king leo to answer charges brought against him by is Isengrim, the wolf leo sends out various agents including a bear <laughs> is this an ass is um a donkey. A donkey. Mm-hmm. A donkey and a cat to get him to court. But Renard uh, overcomes all overcomes all three of them, defeats Isengrim, and becomes Leo's new advisor. This was just the start of a quite complex body of stories from about Renard, many of which were satires directed at a at aristocratic society. The problem with all of this material is that it was extremely violent. The bear gets the bear gets attacked by bees. Tybalt loses an eye. Runner decapitates a rabbit and substitutes its head for a secret treasure. What? That that, <laughs> that went left real quick. <laughs> real quick. Um, Runner is a crook and a deeply anti-authoritarian one at that. Walt Disney concluded that the material simply wasn't appropriate for children, but Ken Anderson. Anderson, one of the key members of Disney's creative team, held onto the idea and pre- periodically played around with it. 
1968, when the studio was looking for a follow-up to the Aristocats, Anderson suggested doing a Robin Hood story. By merging the two figures, um, Robin Hood and the Reynard story, um, and making an animated fox a hero fighting against a cowardly lion who is not the legitimate ruler, Anderson was able to kill two birds with one stone by taming the violence and reducing the anti-authoritarianism of both stories. Additionally, making the story animated rather than live action helped create distance between the characters and the young audience, reducing the likelihood that they would absorb the anti-authoritarianism of the story. Damn, that word's beating my ass. <laughs> no, you're good, you're good. Sadly, Anderson was disappointed in the film because the studio made substantial changes to his work to make it conform to a style Disney's audience would recognize. Reportedly, he cried when he saw how much had been changed. And that's it for me. Um, once again, I would never sell my soul to fucking Disney. <laughs> like, why make the story in the first place if you thought it was too violent? <laughs> that's how you know. That's how I you can... know. Like Disney had no original ideas mm-hmm. on his own. Every time his... <laughs> there's oh, something. There's somebody important in the production of the movie, always disappointed by the outcome. <laughs> Every time. Every single time. <laughs> um, yes. Let's go to variations with Corey. Um, so variations, well, mainly it's gonna start off with where Robin Hood even came from. Mm-hmm. Um, but first article is Who Was the Real Robin Hood by J. Ruben Valdez Miares. <laughs> For National Geographic, written in 2019. One of the oldest references to Robin Hood was found in 1226 in a court register in Yorkshire, England. It was like a legal citation just describing the property being taken from a person named Robin Hood who was described as being a fugitive. Mm-hmm. Um and in 19 i mean in 1262 in southern england there was a similar mention of a man called william robehood or robehod in berkshire mm-hmm. and then the previous year there had been a reference to william son of robert lefevre member of a band of outlaws in 1354 farther north in northamptonshire there is a record of an imprisoned man named Robin Hood who was awaiting trial. So because there are so many mentions of Robin Hood in like old historical documents, and there are like several English towns and places named after Robin Hood, historians basically came to the conclusion that like Robin Hood may not have been one singular person, but more like an alias for criminals basically like you know how there's like john doe for missing people robin was like an alias for criminals so as far as actual variations and like stories um the first known reference to robin hood in a story was the english verse um visions of well i think i'm in the wrong place oh visions of Piers Pullman, written by William Langland in the second part of the 14th century um this is this is also from the same article in Langland's work, a poorly educated clergy member repents and confesses that he does not really know Latin that well. And in his repentance, he says, although I can't recite the Lord's Prayer, I do know the rhymes of Robin Hood. And so this kind of shows that despite the character being uneducated and unable to read, 
he knows of Robin Hood, which means that the legend is just well known everywhere, like even amongst commoners, whether or not they could read or write. So the story was of Robin Hood in general is just very widespread. So next story, Robin Hood and the Monk. Um, this is coming from an analysis by Chris Thorndercroft, but I'm just basically giving a synopsis of the story. So Robin Hood and the Monk is a Middle English ballad and one of the oldest surviving ballads about Robin Hood from about the year 1450. Robin Hood wants to go to mass in Nottingham and is warned by much the Miller's son that he should take 12 men with him for his safety. But he decides to only take Little John with him. Along the way, they make a wager and Robin Hood loses, but refuses to honor the wager and Little John leaves him on his own. While praying at St. Mary's in Nottingham, the sheriff is called by a monk who recognizes Robin Hood because he had robbed him earlier in the month. So once Robin Hood's men find out that he's been jailed, um, they basically decide to rescue him. Along the way, they end up killing the monk um, and the monk's assistant. Uh, the monk had letters for the king, which Robin Hood and Little John decide to steal. The king is very pissed off about this because, of course, he wants the letters and he's know what's in them. He sends his guards to capture Robin Hood. Long story short, the king, for some reason, ends up just forgiving Robin Hood in the end, and then they go about their merry way. Uh, the next story let's see is a guest of rob or just of robin hood the author is unknown but it's said to be around from the 15th century they really don't know though because this was like they found like basically printed out works of this ballad Mm -hmm. but like it had no author on it they really don't know what exact year it came from they just know it could be from the 15th century or before that Mm. So this is like one of the first works that show Robin Hood stealing from the rich and giving to the poor because before that he was just a criminal in all the stories and he's very violent. Um, So in these tales, which basically it was like a compilation of just random adventures of Robin Hood, um, Robin Hood belonged to a lower class, um, but it was a class higher than peasant, just right below night. And he was also a servant of the king. And he decided that the court life was boring for him. So he just left and went to the forest. And in basically in the stories, he's depicted as like an administrator of justice for like the poor people. And little John goes to him for guidance on who they should like rob and beat and also kill, of course. <laughs> so Robin Hood tells him that you are not allowed to kill peasants, anybody of the lower class really. Um, don't kill any virtuous squires, uh, women and children, etc. But they are allowed to kill and beat bishops, archbishops, and above all, the sheriff of Nottingham. Well, <laughs> yeah. So he was right. basically he was just violent in all the stories. Right. <laughs> but once again, why are you trying to make this a tale for children? I get it, but at the same time. You, you're like you're turning a, a act like literally a criminal right like a violent criminal i mean what i mean stealing from the rich is always good but still 
Like, we love it. We love Eat the Rich, even though Disney wouldn't... Like, the fact that Disney, <laughs> Disney is the made rich. $33 million on a movie about eating the rich, please. <laughs> what, is please. It, what is it? The calls coming from inside. <laughs> the calls <laughs> coming from inside the house. <laughs> oh, thank the you, The blaring Corey. siren, actually, not the call. <laughs> And you think they would give, like, the meaning they would give this to, like, donate some of this to the poor people. But Absolutely no, they were not. like, thanks for your money. Bye. Absolutely not. Um, the fact that the story dates, could date, well, the name at, at least could date back to 1226 is fucking wild. Um, the fact that we could trace shit back to 1226 is fucking wild. Also, I always thought it was Robin Hood because he was Robin the Hood, but maybe that was a black people think <laughs> robin the hood robin the hood um yes last but not least let's move on to music with Mia. okay so music time this actually like it looks like a lot but it's really not much um honestly gonna be for real i didn't know this was a musical uh, i thought this was just like a move like another movie um mm-hmm. so i was shocked when i heard music um so like uh, everyone said this was released in uh, 1973 and it was um and it was released on a record which kind of did the sort of like it'll release the songs the score narration and some of the dialogue so it's like an interactive like almost a replaying of the movie just on a disc uh, not a disc on a probably a record or cassette no cassettes didn't even exist record <laughs> um so it was on Disneyland Records at the time. It's only seven songs, and one of them's like a reprise, so I'm calling it six songs. Um, the songs are all incredibly short. Like, I think the longest song is like two minutes and something, which is very short for a Disney movie. Um, it, like, to me, I, like, uh, it's technically a musical because they call it a musical. Um, and the crazy thing is, we'll get to the we'll get to the craziness in a minute, but, like, um, the run times are so short and the songs are very few that it doesn't really feel like a musical. Like their song is not really a big part of the story. Um, so that's just how I felt watching it. But, um, and the music's kind of all over the place genre wise. Like it starts off with a country song slash folk song. Um, then you go into like a jazz song, which is not Nottingham. Like, well, not, not Nottingham. It is the phony king of england and i'm like what is this a jazz dance break like where <laughs> does this come from? like why are you like we were just in sort of giving like country vibes and then ballad vibes and now you're putting a jazz dance break well what's happening what's happening and then the love ballad um which is called love um that's like a typical sort of disney love song except it's not sung by the characters it's sort of sung non-diegetically like the character her name what is her name again i forgot her name Give me one second. Maid Marion. Yeah, Maid Marion. Thank you. Yeah, she sings it in her head. And it's a very short song. It's like a minute. And I'm like, okay, where's the rest? <laughs> um, so there's not a singular musical theme for the soundtrack. They were kind of were just like, make this, make this, make this. Um, and I can't find a lot of background information on like the inspiration for these songs. Um like I, I saw a lot of like the the most of the information I got was just like what the reception was. So I wish I could get like a little more background on what the soundtrack, why they chose to make it this disjointed. Mm-hmm. But um, okay, and so both 
Ooh, the lolly and love appear on the CD collection, Disney classic, Disney 60 years of musical magic, which is like a compilation CD Disney did back in the day. Um, and then love was featured in the soundtrack for the 2009 film, fantastic. Mr. Fox directed by Wes Anderson. And I said, question mark. Why, why this song? Like the songs, the fact that these songs have legs, is very confusing to me because I did not know any of these songs growing up. Um, so I was very shocked that like they were received this well. Um, the full soundtrack of the film was released um, on August 4th, 2017 as a, as the, like the legacy collection that they do for all of their movies. So I definitely will, pro- I might check it out to see if like they've um, added any other songs uh, to the legacy collection, but um, the original only had seven. Um, the Phony King of England bears a strong resemblance to a much older um, English folk song, The Bastard King of England. So that's probably the inspiration for that. I am curious why they didn't go for a more like classical route since this is set in England. Um, like that's why I'm very confused as to why they were like, we're doing this and then this is the genre. But hey, um, and this is crazy fact, y'all. As soon as I heard that intro song, I said... Is this the hamster dance song? <laughs> I said, they, What's I said, that? Hey, no. y'all, I put a link. You can like play it. This is, this is like middle school dance. This is, let's go to gym and put on a song for me. remember PE. shit like that. No, <laughs> listen, because I, I breathed this song. Like those types of like meme songs from the early 2000s, those were like ingrained in my spirit. So when I heard this melody, Wait, that's, that's yes, the name of yes, song? <laughs> yes, I okay, said, I did. This did trigger memories. So I was like, oh, yes, I didn't think how. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> said, this, this is that I said, ain't no way. And I was like thinking I was just like dreaming it. And then I was like, oh, OK, I whatever. I was hearing similarities. I didn't think that was the actual song. <laughs> And I tell me why I went on IMDb and I heard and I saw it and they said the opening theme was used for the infamous hamster dance, which is playing double speed. And I said, I knew it. Big brain energy. I knew <laughs> that this was that song because that song, the hamster dance song, for those of you who don't know, is a classic. It's memes before memes were a thing. Um is it a what how do I describe like that era like the frog song like there's so many songs that were just kind of like meant to be jokes and they were all like euro dance songs yeah yes and then like like all those like crazy songs that were just meant to be on your like PE playlist middle school dance playlist like this and I said oh Someone <laughs> that means someone listened to Robin Hood and said, I could do something with this, which I think is amazing. I love that. Um, so that gave it an extra point for me in terms of amazingness. But um, so back to the back to the movie. Um, Roger Miller wrote three songs and Floyd Huddleston and George Bruns wrote Love. Uh, that was the only song they wrote for this. Um, Roger Miller is the main one who wrote mostly all of the songs on this album um this was the last time george bruns worked with disney uh so this was like a a saying goodbye for him like an end of an era um love which is the song that they sing 
which is the song that's sung when um, Robin Hood and Maid Marian are like meeting each other for the first time and they're like holding hands and like singing how much they love each other, blah, blah, blah. That's the song. Um, it is the lyrics were sung by Hiddleston's wife, Nancy Adams, instead of Monica Evans, who voiced Mary, Maid Miriam. So very interesting. So that's not her voice. Um, like I said, this was the film, the final film of compositions from George Bruns. And here we go for the for the madness, because um, to me, these songs are kind of forgettable. So when I said when I read this song was nominated for an Academy Award for Best Original Song, huh? <laughs> I said, excuse me. And then it was sung by a young Jodie Foster and Johnny Whitaker oh, at that's the Oscars. And I said, but of course it lost to The Way We Were, as it should have. As it should have. <laughs> and, you know how mad I'd be if The Way We Were lost to, the, to, to this? <laughs> like, Barbara Streisand, she deserved. Um, uh, but like, best original song? Like, there are so many Disney movies that had better songs that didn't get best Nominated original song right. like I, I is it because and i have a theory that's because this is the one of the first this is the first movie they did without uh walt right because the jungle book he was still alive through for the beginning of it yeah um so i feel like the academy was just like not sympathy awarding but kind of just like well here you go walt's dead here's mm. what y'all did without him we're gonna acknowledge <laughs> your efforts right like it feels like they did it because like one they performed it at the ceremony that usually didn't happen it's like I, the things are I'm like mm, it's a little suspicious but I mean if they wanted to make it like an honorary a nomination because of the time sure um um so and then for not Nottingham that song was covered by several people like it was covered by um los lobos in their 2009 album los lobos goes to disney mumford and sons and i said huh no that um, sounds like some shit they do it may be but i'm just like the fact that people know this song i mean i guess it, it's popular but as like someone who didn't grow up with this era of disney i'm like shocked <laughs> like bambi soundtrack deserves this like like we need to get, like i alice in wonderland soundtrack deserves this <laughs> um so Mumford and Sons did a rendition of this during their sessions with Dre Troner in 2012. And a family Watkins family hour has long played this song as a part of its live repertoire uh, and released a studio version in 2015. Um, and this is just random, which mentioned before all the song sequences. Well, like the, the, the dance sequences for the phony King of England are all like reused animations. Like, they said yeah. it's from the Snow White and it's from Jungle Book and the Aristocats. And I'm like, one of the reasons okay. for that is because they kept redoing and pushing back the story. So they didn't have time yeah. to, re to newly sequence stuff. So they were using a bunch of stuff from old films. Yeah. And that's mostly it from like the info I have. I'm very confused about the Oscar nominations. <laughs> Would love to see an article about why that happened. Um, do y'all know any of these songs? Had you ever heard a song from this film? Um, well, now that you said it, the beginning of the Hamster song definitely sticks out. Woodalele. I remember that vocabulary word, but other than that nothing yeah. sticking yeah i don't remember this movie for the music right yeah i don't remember it for the music 
Yeah. Oh, I have another theory just popped in my head. So many of the Disney films were, if they were nominated for Oscars in the past, like the 30s, 40s, 50s, they would be nominated for soundtrack or score. Mm -hmm. So I feel like the Academy could have just said, well, let's nominate them for song because that's what we've done in the past. Like, I just feel like there's no way you could have watched this movie and thought that's a great song that deserves an Oscar nomination. Or it must have been a bleak <laughs> year. And the way we were was just like the biggest movie in the world and nobody else was making great content. But I don't believe that. So maybe I need to do some film history on like why they picked these songs. So hmm. that's mostly it. Thank you, Nia. That was great. Um, let's look at what critics on wikipedia were oh most people are just saying it's nicely tongue-in-cheek without insults of the intelligence of either child or adult has class and the fine cast that gives both voice and personality to the characters um you know it's you know it was mixed reviews some people liked it a less favorable a less favorable review was even at its best Robin Hood is only mildly diverting there's not a single moment of the hilarity or deep eerie fear that the Disney people used to be able to conjure up I don't know what films you were watching or the sort of visual intervention that made the early future so memorable Robin Hood's basic problem is that it is rather too pretty and good natured after all that revamping they did to make it not violent and dark, Jay Cox of the time says you bitches were playing it safe. <laughs> um, <laughs> a person named Gene Siskel of the Chicago Tribune gave the film a one and a half stars out of four, <laughs> describing the film as 80, min- 80 minutes of Pratt Falls and Nincompoop dialogue. <laughs> oh, she <can't. laughs> he criticized that animation quality as Saturday morning TV cartoon stuff. Damn. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> oh, me and her, me and her one. We are one. <laughs> Did Avo get like Scooby Doo? Like I when the running scenes I said, someone's been watching a little Scooby Doo here and there or like Tom In and Jerry fight. Was Scooby Doo out then? It wasn't? Hold on. Hold on. I feel like let me look this up. I feel like I'm I feel in the universe. There's <laughs> This was yep sixty nine. Yep, it was sixty nine oh. to seventy. Damn, Scooby Doo's been out forever. Fuck yeah. <laughs> um, that being said, let's get on the ratings. Uh, oh well. Um, I last but not least, yes, I show this to my kids. It's not the movie is not violent enough nor offensive in anything that I would think I have to have a talk with anybody. Though the fortune telling scenes were like. I was like, hmm, okay, it's not awful, but it was probably not the best choice either. Um, I, I mean, I think it would just get kids. I don't know. Maybe this will turn your child into a furry. Watch with caution. What? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. If this really had an impact on pop culture. Well, no. According to that article, this was the beginning of furry fandom. So yes. This oh, it had impact. the impact <laughs> is just huge. Wow, they won, but at what cost? <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, Marin, kick us off with ratings out of 10. Yes, um, <laughs> no, out of three. <laughs> <laughs> I 
It's a point five. Whoa! <laughs> I will spit up my water. Oh. <laughs> Man was not feeling Robin Hood. Okay, no. Corey. <laughs> uh, I would give it a five. I thought it was decent enough to turn on at least and have it in the background. You know, Mary it wasn't said, in a bad wanna, movie. Mary said I want to delete this from my brain and erase this from my body. <laughs> <laughs> a five is good. Okay. Uh, Nia, what's your rating? For I actually, I give it a seven. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Like I wasn't, I don't love it, but I was like, okay, this has turned out better than I hoped. Right, right. Um, I give it a six. It's not awful. It's not the best. Once again, I like the animation style during this time. So I enjoyed looking at it. It's not like one big cohesive plot with pit, you know, rises and pitfalls or character growth. But, you know, it's a fun little ditty. Um, our next movie will be, will be, oh, wrong page. Oh, that is also the wrong page. Where the hell am I? Okay. Uh, The Mini Adventures of Winnie the Pooh. So, I had a Tigger phase when I was in, like, middle school, so. Mm-hmm. That will be interesting. Let's see. We will not hit Golden Age. It's October, right? October, November. Mm-hmm. Yep. End of October, almost. January, February, March, April, May, June, July. August. The Little Mermaid is supposed to go up on August, but I'm pretty sure since Little Mermaid 2 comes out in May, we'll switch that around. But we won't, you know, start, get the ball rolling until about August of next year. That's crazy. Right. There's so many Disney movies. And there's going to be more coming out. <laughs> so, I've been around. The for series a is long. never ending. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, with that being said, thank you guys for listening to Disney Week um, of Spooktober. We hope you're enjoying the content as we get to kick it out. Um, don't forget that we are changing upload days from Wednesday to Sunday to Thursday to Sunday. Uh, make sure you follow us on TikTok at, on, at Commented Podcast, Twitter at Commented, or join our Discord to know our schedule ahead of time. We have some very fun stuff planned for November and some very fun two fun episodes to close out uh spooktober um thank you so much don't forget to leave a five-star review uh, until next time i'm tori i'm Marin. i'm nia and i'm decoria bye-bye Bye.